thing that kills me about mental health is that there are some people that don't have necessary, I mean, everybody has their own mental health, right? That's full body. But there's people that don't struggle with their mental health. You know, like it's like people that don't struggle with their physical health or their whatever. And it's just like, as a person that struggles, it's like, what? Like, what is that like not to have to think about it or not to have intrusive thoughts and not to have to deal with like anxiety or depression when you just live your life every day and you're not like having to like, for, like try to coax yourself off of the couch or, you know, whatever. Like, it's so foreign to me. And it's always amazing when I, uh, I find people that don't have any mental health struggles like that. And it's just like, what? You might have a season of depression and then it's gone. It doesn't just stick with you for years. Like it's wild. Well, let's talk about it. Yeah. Hey, we're the geriatric millennials. I'm Jamie. And this is Beth. And we are two youngish, oldish ladies talking about mental health yeah. stuff related to mental health. Yeah. Today. May is May is Mental Health Awareness Month, which is good. Oh. Yeah. Are you going to ask me the question you just asked? I liked what, how you ordered it. What did I say? How's your mental health? No. What, what did I say? Are you good mental health or something <laughs> like that? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I have a way with words. I'm quite the, um, you know. The wordsmith? Yes, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've actually been wanting to talk about mental health for a long time because it's something that just affects me. And has impacted like most of my life. And it's not always something easy to talk about and open up about it because people, there's still stigma, you know, even though we know, or I shouldn't say we know, but there's just so much more data out there and so much more information about how, how many people it really affects and like all the different things that can be going on with people. And still there's like, you know, a weird stigma with it. And so, yeah. I think there's less though. There's less of a stigma. There's less stigma when it comes to saying like, I go to therapy or whatever, but I still think there's a lot of stigma when you say like, I have depression, you know, or I am bipolar or I have this. I think some of those have like very, you know, there's some negative con, like negative things that come along with those, with those labels. I mean, I, I was talking to a manager, this was a long time ago, but I was really struggling and I was super vulnerable with a manager. And I said, Hey, it's been too much for too long. I need to take a step back. You know, I'm really feeling the stress of everything. And they literally like, they were, they were, they were listening and they were, you know, like very attentive and whatever. And like, felt like they were, had compassion and stuff, but then like they made some jokes about it, like the next day. And And it was just very like, I'm never going to trust you again. Yeah. It takes me a lot, a long time to like open up about what's going on with me because I've just been trained not to. Yeah. Even though I'm pretty open, I feel like I've been trained not to say the reality of it. And I can say, if I say something, it's usually in jest or whatever, or I say it with a smile or in a way that people, I feel like people are going to accept it more. So, so do you feel like you've been trained by those types of interactions like oh, yeah. when you have and then somebody's dumb like that about it or insensitive about it and then that trains you to just n- sh- yeah. not share trust. not share and not trust or yeah I mean I grew up in the I was in the late 90s you know and so like I when I at least when I was younger people weren't talking about therapy no and I put myself in therapy when I was like 16 I said I need to go see someone and so I've been in therapy like pretty much ever since mm-hmm. and just dealing with stuff but, but like, good for you that you actually did I mean, it. Yeah. I, that's amazing. Well, I knew something was wrong because I think I was like 
like 15 or 16, I knew something was really off because I was in the kitchen and I got so overwhelmed with trying to figure out what I wanted for dinner. And we did a lot of fin for yourselves nights where you just had to figure it out. And I remember my mom and my dad were in the kitchen and I ended up just laying on the floor of the kitchen and just staring into the pantry. And I'm pretty sure people thought I was like attention seeking and whatever, but it's like, I remember just feeling um, shuddered by it. Like I just couldn't, Hmm. I couldn't figure out what to eat. Nobody was helping me. I didn't have the language to like, and the tools to express my needs. And it was like, nobody was, it was like, nobody was hearing or seeing me of like, oh, Beth's struggling right now to take care of basic needs. And it just taught me over time to like mask that. So instead of laying on the floor, you know, there's a lot of masking that happens where it's just like, everything looks fine, you know? And if you ask me how I'm doing, I'll tell you the truth, but I'll say it in such a way that, you know, you'll just think, oh yeah, you're fine. You know, or you're joking. Like, yeah. So I remember that was like the first turning point of like mental health of like, okay, my brain is not doing well. Yeah. So that was super fun. Not. Yeah. Not is right. I'm just processing that because that sucks. Yeah. And it was, it, I think the thing that was hard was that I was really alone in having depression for yeah. my whole life. Like it, it's been a constant my entire life. Mm-hmm. And then so there's this type of depression called dysthymia. And so basically it's like low grade depression all the time. Like it's always kind of feeling low, but you also can have like depressive episodes. So on top of your depression, you get like, it's like double depression. So there's times when it's just like, you know, a lot of my life has felt like I'm at a level two or three. So on a scale of one to 10 of happy, I'm, I'm, my baseline is a three. So it takes me a lot more to like get up to being like super happy and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, not that it doesn't happen, but it just takes more. And then there's times when it's like, I get double depression and then it's like game over. Yeah. Like it gets really just dark and bad. And again, it's not easy to talk to about people. You know, I remember I'd been working in youth ministry for years and I was having a bad day and um, I said something or I just wasn't my normal self. And one of my students like, Beth, we've never seen you like this. Like what's going on? And it's because my mask slipped. So that mm-hmm. mask I was always wearing to like hide the fact that I'm like screaming on the inside. Yeah. I just, it, it slipped a little bit. And so I, I showed kind of what was really going on and it freaked them out. So guess what? Mask back up. Yeah. You know, and it, it was like that for years and years and years. And even when I've been open about it with like, because I've always tried to be open with students because I know like a lot of youth struggle with Mm -hmm. depression and anxiety and just feeling out of sorts. And, you know, your hormones do not help with all of that. Right. And then just everything coming at you. And so I've always tried to be really open and honest, but like to a degree. Right. I don't want to freak people out. Yeah. (laughs) Or have them look at me like, oh, I don't like it when people like treat me like I'm fragile. Yeah. Like depression doesn't make me fragile. Like you're not going to say something that pushes me over the edge or something. Yeah. Like I got my own stuff. Like it's just not going to happen. So yeah, it's just like a constant. So how do you feel? I mean, because here we are having this conversation now, which is, you know, being put out into the, the, into the, the (laughs) the interwebs and a lot of people's ears. Yeah. And some of them, you know, but most of our listeners, we, I mean, we, we never know who's actually listening. And so how do you feel like, do you feel like you're in a different place now to be able to do this or, Mm. or is it because we don't really know who's listening? Like, does it feel safe for you to be vulnerable like that and talk about it or? No, I just think I've, I just think I've gotten to a place in the last few years where it just doesn't, I I just, I, I've been honest with about where I've been for a long time. 
It's just people haven't heard me. Yeah. Like I had a friend that I was, I was in a really bad place. Like I, I was like super, super depressed and I would go over to their house and they'd ask me how I was doing. And I'd say, oh, like I'm like a three. Oh, I'm like a two today. And like, I would say it in a way with a smile and I came in and I'm playing and I'm hanging and whatever. And so it doesn't seem like depression because what are the stereotypes with depression, right? Like they're like, okay, you can't get out of bed or they're mopey or they're, you know, wearing black clothing. Like I remember uh, the show Roseanne. I don't know if you, you yes. know, there's a, there's a, there's an episode called Darlene Fades to Black. And it's when Darlene is struggling with depression. And we were about the same age when that show was on. And I remember relating a lot to that. And she just started wearing all black and just, she lost interest in a lot of the things she liked to do. And, and um, she just, change, you know, yeah. kind of overnight. And it's like, I just so related to that, but like, I don't wear all black and right. I, and I do tons of things, you know, yeah. all the time. And well, okay, let me take that back. Pandemic changed some of that. But before the pandemic, I was doing tons of things all the time. I was meeting new people. I was challenging myself, but underneath all of that was the mask because yeah. I was still super depressed and was still struggling. So when you say that you went to this friend's house and you would tell this person, okay, you're at, you're at a three, you're at a two, and, but you would say it in such a way that they wouldn't recognize, do, do you feel like there is something that, is there a way that a person who hears that information could respond that is more helpful? Or do you feel like, I guess I just don't know. Do you feel like, because you, like, it's almost like there was like a half truth to that. Mm -hmm. Like you were saying one thing, but you were Expressing it in a different way. Expressing it in a different way. And so as a person receiving that information, like, how do you, what do you do with that? Um, I, I mean, when I've had people say to me, like, they're feeling low or it seems like there's something going on. Like, I remember I was sitting across from a kid and we were at like a, I don't know, a dinner or something. There's a few of us. And it was like, um, this girl was sharing about how, like, we were just asking each other, like, Hey, how are you doing? And I looked at this girl who was like, I didn't really know her. And, um, She's just like, I'm fine. And you could tell she wasn't. And I just looked at her and I'm like, really? Like, and mm -hmm. it just, it, it just opened the door a little bit. So mm -hmm. I think even like, tell me more about that. Like, oh, you know, like what's going on? I think just asking those questions of our friends sometimes is enough to give enough space for them to maybe, maybe say something. Yeah. For me, it's like, I'm already talking to a counselor. Like okay. I already have my tools in place. So I don't necessarily, I'm not, well, I wasn't necessarily looking for my friend to do anything, but it's like, if you ask me, how I am as a friend, I'm going to really tell you. Mm -hmm. And I have had friends where I'm like, I'm not doing well. And they're kind of, you know, oh, that's bad. Okay. And then they go on to talking about their own stuff. And yeah. I'm like, then don't ask. Like, that's cool too. Like, don't ask. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, I think it's really hard. To, it can be really challenging to support someone that's dealing with anxiety or depression or something that's just affecting them in such a big way, because especially if you haven't gone through it, yeah. it's like, it's, it's a different world, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's fun. And before anybody's like, Hey, have you tried this, this, and this? Yes. I've tried all the things I've tried medication. I have tried therapy. I've done, uh, meditation and I've done prayer and I've done journaling and just, you know, exercise, even though I freaking hate it. I was doing that. I'm not doing it now because you know what? Being a couch potato and love and life. <laughs> By love and life, not really, but it's so satisfying just to doom scroll TikTok, which again is another sign of like, maybe you're not doing great. Right. But yeah, I don't know. I just think that um, 
I think that if people could start talking about it more openly, that would be better about what's really going on when, when they're having, you know, episodes, uh, you know, unfortunately, like not only did I get depression, but I also have anxiety, which is super fun. Yeah. That Um, doesn't sound like a winning combo. It's not, but it's also, uh, I think a lot of people struggle with both. Totally. Um, but yeah, anxiety is something just so strange. I am like, I did it. I, I always had a little bit of anxiety, but like I had my first full blown, like panic attack when I was in my twenties, I got really sick and you know, I, I had this panic attack. I thought I was dying. Like I blacked out and then I was in bed for two weeks. I couldn't get out of bed. My parents were like trying to figure out how they could get me volume. They were like, do we know someone that has volumes? She just needs a volume. And I was just like, okay guys. Uh-huh. Yeah. But that was their, they just didn't know what to do with me because I was in bed for like over two weeks and I owned a business and the business just was like not open during that time. Like it was, yeah. that was it was in, a whole that's thing. Intense. Yeah. And then the best is like, it caused like after, afterwards it started me having panic attacks, like at Costco and stuff. And oh my gosh, I remember one time I was at this Red Robin meeting some friends for their birthday dinner. And I got stressed out because I'd wanted to get them gifts and I didn't do it soon enough. So then I tried to do it before going to see them and it was kind of rushed and I didn't want it to be rushed. And then I was late to the dinner. So all of these things start stacking. And yeah, as we're sitting there, I can feel the panic attack coming oh, on. No. And for me, like I have a few things I can do to stop a panic attack Okay, and it's, but it's like nothing you want to do in public. So it was like uh, a lot of times if I'm like holding my neck, that can help ground me. Um, that didn't work. And so then without this is so embarrassing, but without even thinking about it, I start like slapping my forehead, like just tapping it rapidly because mm-hmm. that can help me sometimes to not go into a full-blown panic panic attack. But I'm literally in Red Robin, like yeah. tapping my head, like, you know, yeah, vi- like it was just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. But it stopped the panic attack. So, and then I got some French fries. So we were, everything was <laughs> fine. Oh. But yeah. So anyway. Well, I think I I appreciate you being open and honest and just being real about this is something that that you deal with and that you live with. And so I'm wondering, you know, as your friend, like, and I know it's not like your job to necessarily educate me in what I need to do, but as a friend, like to let you know that I'm here for you. Yeah. Does that help? Like, I, I guess I just don't know what to do about that. I think it helps. I, I mean, everybody, I mean, I can't like, yeah, do anything that will necessarily change that no, in your life. It's brain chemistry. I think that's a frustrating thing too. Like, so two things. One, you know, a lot of this is just your chemistry of my, my your brain. You know, it's like yeah. there's something not quite uh, level there. Uh, I think when it comes to my friends, the things that have been the most helpful are friends that even if I go like radio silent. Cause a lot of times that's what happens. I just don't want to talk to anybody. And so, yeah, I'm not responding to texts or it's taking me longer. Or like I'm not making the effort to go out to dinners or meet up and stuff are the people that just keep asking or just keep like, Hey, how's it going? You know, just doing that Checking little in. check-in. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think it's, it, I think with depression and it's for me, at least it's very, I don't know when it's going to hit, right? It's kind of like grief. It's like a wave and it goes in and out and sometimes it's stronger and sometimes it's not. And sometimes it just hits me. Like there's times where I will be fine on a Friday. I wake up a Saturday and it's like, it's everything I can do to even get out of bed and brush my teeth or take a shower, you know? And then it's everything I can do to like, you know, make sure my basic needs are met or to just like, 
you like know, stay takes, alive to stay alive or it takes the whole weekend of me just being on the couch to just try and muster enough energy and like resources to be able to do the next week and go into Monday and go into work and not just be like catatonic. You know, mm-hmm. it's just this balance of of that. And so I don't know where I was going with that, but that's just how it is sometimes. So it's, yeah. very, it's very helpful when friends at least say like, hey, just checking in. <laughs> you yeah. know, are you okay? In a, in a real way. Like I also, you know, you, I think I would never want people to feel pity or, you know, be gross. Like, cause sometimes people get weird about when you have yeah. a, have something. Um, but yeah. Well, it's because I think that our desire for our friends and for people we love is for them to be okay and for them mm-hmm. to be happy. Yeah. And for them. And so it's like, you want to fix it or you want to make them feel better. You, you don't want that. Like, I don't want you to remain in that state Yeah, because it, it sounds terrible. It's awful. And but- so it's like, you want to do something to like, I want to do something to like pull you out of that. But at the same time, I don't know if that's in my power at all. It isn't. And so yeah. then do we just like, and you also don't want just somebody to like go too deep, you know, where they don't recover. Exactly. You know, that's like a real thing too. Exactly. Like I, I, like my, I remember when I was like 16, I'm talking to this counselor for the first time and they always ask you if you like are suicidal and what, and I'm like, no, I'm not su- suicidal, but I'm comicidal. And she's like, okay, what is that? And it's like, I just always wanted to go into a coma where it's like, I didn't die, but I just was out of the situation for a while. And so it was like for years and years, and still sometimes that pops up where it's like, oh, if I was just in a coma, it would be so much easier. And which is not a great way to live either um, or great way to think. But, and that's to not minimize, like, please, if you've ever been in a coma, I'm not trying to minimize that experience. It's just that feeling of like, not wanting to be, not wanting to be in your life. You know, it's like there, there was a day, oh my gosh, this was a few years ago. I was just so done. I was like, I just wanted to take the cash in my house you know, the shoes on my feet and walk away from my life mm-hmm. and not to like hurt myself, but just to like leave all my friends and family behind and just go start somewhere new and just be done with it. And nothing had happened that was like traumatic or, you know, like out of the ordinary It's just all of a sudden I was like, I'm so over this. Like life. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. yeah. It was just, I was just like, this is not, this is not for me, this style of life. And so I'm like, I would rather just run away then have yeah. to face it every day. And I think that I, I, I give people that face it every day, a lot of props, you know, when you're going through depression and you're going through, you know, having mental health issues and it's like every day you're waking up and still facing the day, mm-hmm. even though it's really, really, really hard, even though, you know, it's might not get better, you know, you're just, you just keep persevering and it's just like, you know, cause not everybody has the ability to, and it's just, it's just a sad fact of life and it's really hard. And it's just, again, the brain is such an interesting mystery, you Mm -hmm. know, on the whys and how it can just, you know, in many ways betray you and yeah, just not give you what you need. Yeah. So yeah, just on a positive note. Well, (laughs) it's just real. Yeah. And I think it's okay. We don't always have to spin something to be positive. I mean, cause there's a lot of there's a lot of people that will relate and do relate. And oh yeah, There's and so- I think knowing that you're not alone is helpful too, as far as you're not the only one that's going through or has, yeah, you know, feels like this. I don't know that that's super helpful, but. Um, well, I, I don't think we're supposed to do life alone. Right. And that right. Just, doesn't just mean like being alone, but like doing life without people that have shared experiences, I think can be really challenging. 
And so I think that when you have people that have a shared experience, like, so I had a panic attack at a friend's wedding. They got really, they it kind of ended our friendship because I left the wedding right before it started because I could feel it coming on. I couldn't stop it. And I went home and I laid in bed and I cried and cried and cried because I had missed the wedding, missed the reception. I missed everything. And then a few, like, I don't know, like six or seven months later, she had her very first panic attack. And so now she had an understanding of like, like the why and how, and how like devastating it was and how paralyzing it is to like where you are in your body, but you are not in your body and you are not able to control what's happening. And you really do have to just do what, do what you need to do to like retake control and to be in a safe space. Yeah. Oh, that was a fun one too. I tell you. Like the amount of anxiety and panic attacks I had, especially in my my late 20s was substantial. Really? Yeah. It's kind of gone away now. Um, recently, I've started getting anxiety again. I think that it's related to the pandemic and just like the last, you know, that three years of really struggle. Yeah. And Well, and then the re-emergence and oh, the, yeah. all the unknown. Yeah. I think a lot of anxiety can be influenced or, fe- or some ha- has some ties to like, things that are unknown. Oh yeah. And there's so, there was so much unknown during the pandemic. And even now, like, I mean, it's not like COVID's gone. No. Um, but we're all trying to figure out what is, how to do life and how Mm -hmm. to, how to interact with people. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there was so much upheaval in our country and, and so many things were brought into the spotlight that had always been there, but not in the spotlight as much, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of things that I think are um, probably more complicated as a black person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, of course you do. Yes. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, I do know. there's all of that at the same time. Yeah. I, I think that having a, a global pandemic, which which is what a pandemic is, but a, d- affecting everywhere seeing stats all the time of, you know, like we were watching death stats. Remember that? Like it was just like, it was horrible. And then, you know, not feeling safe in your own community because it's like, who has it, who doesn't, you know, that kind of thing. And then on top of that, we had a huge social justice movement that brought a lot to the surface, that brought a lot of opinions out, that brought a lot of feelings out. It was just so much. And then on top of that, there was just, you know, there's other factors and then just in your own life. Right. It was so much. And I, the the coming out, I talked often about coming out of my COVID cocoon because I was very insulated for a long time. I mean, I lived through COVID by myself. Like I didn't have a roommate. I didn't have a partner. I really tried to stay away from people. I barely saw my family. I didn't have a cat yet. It was super isolating. Yeah. And I, I think that that just did some really damaging things because mm-hmm. I was so used to being around people all the time. And then it was like, I'm not around people. And like having to interact with people again was really challenging. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there was, there was some other, you know, factors too. And it's just, anyway, it was just, it was just so much. And I think a lot of people's mental health obviously was impacted during that time. Um, I'm happy for people that reached out for help. You know, I'm happy yeah. for people that were able to like, and then, and even to get help is a little bit of a privilege, right? Because it's yeah. not like therapy is free. Right. And for most people, it's like, I don't even know if there's options in most communities for th- free therapy if you can't afford it. And it can be really expensive. And so, yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's kind of a cluster, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's just like... What, what are we doing? It's, right? I think that's the worst thing. What are we doing? Like, yeah, when we can't like show compassion for people and love towards people and like want to help people that are like in the thick of it, 
what are we doing here? Right. You know? Yeah. It's just wild. So, but yeah, I mean, for me at least, every day is not a struggle, but there are struggles pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. And every day I don't find happy. You know, I don't find my piece of happy every day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some days I don't even have my little sliver of hope. It's just like, okay, we're done with today. Check. Yeah. Get back into bed. <laughs> See you tomorrow world. It's very yeah. that. But I'm just thankful that we have a platform that we can talk about it because again, I don't think, I mean, maybe people are talking about it more than I, I realize, but I don't hear enough about it from my friends and family about I what they're either. going through. And I, and I'm glad that I'm glad that we're able to, I'm glad we're able to talk about it and you're able to share. Yeah. And that, that hopefully this can be a safe place. Yes. <laughs> because, well, and I think it is. I do too. I think it is. And I think that it's, it's important because there shouldn't, I, I don't want there to be a stigma about that. Like I want to know more and I want to be more aware just as a human yeah. about other humans. Yeah. And the human condition is a marvelous mental thing. Mental health is a yes. huge part of being a human. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been that way for since the dawn of time, right? Yes. And it's just, it's interesting, you know, the more we learn about it and the more we open our eyes to it, it's like, oh, okay, this is why, you know, two generations back, this person had so many issues because they had an undiagnosed mental illness or they were right. struggling in some way, which I don't even love the term mental illness, but whatever, that's yeah. where we're at. <laughs> because I, I think it's whole body health, right? It's silly to think that like, we don't need to take care of like the emotional the mental, the spiritual, the, the, you know, your physical body, like all of that impacts your, how you live your life. Yeah. I mean, I am thankful that we know now more than we ever have. Yes. And we're learning more and, and there's more research available. And And there's more free resources. Resources. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think that hopefully people are finding ways like that they can live with mental health problems, but still (laughs) enjoy life. Yeah. Have a full life. Yeah. Which I think they, I think people do, you know, like I think people do, I think at the end of the day, like for me, at least, you know, I'm still here, still kicking, still doing stuff. It's just, you know, I, I, it's the Eeyore in me. I, I'm Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh but with the bunny ears. Cause I think that's the <laughs> cutest version of ear where he's gloomy and he's a little sad and looks at life with a little foggy lens, but he's still at the party. Yeah. You know, he's still participating and whatever. And that's kind of how I look at it for me. Like I'm still at the party. Like I'm not going to come to every party, but I'm still going to yeah. be present yeah. and all of that things. That's good. Yeah. I'm but, glad. But we'll definitely put some resources. Like if you're struggling, definitely reach out. There's like, I mean, you can Google cause most people have a phone or a laptop or a iPad. But yeah, you can Google and there's tons of resources. And I I think the biggest thing is just to reach out to someone. Keep reaching out even if that first person doesn't hear you because not everybody can hear it. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had, I've tried to talk about my depression and my, my struggle with some people and they can't hear it. Yeah, They just can't hear it. They cannot take it in. They cannot process it. And that's okay because that's where they're at. That's their journey. But keep keep reaching out until you find someone that does hear you. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important. And just take care of yourself. Be gentle with yourself. Tomorrow is another day to fight. So yeah. Yeah. I think that's good advice. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for listening. It's not always easy, but I appreciate it. 
Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast and would like to support our show, you can share episodes with your friends and family, follow us on Instagram at the Geriatric Millennials, or leave us a positive review and rating, all which help us to grow. Our theme music was created by the Finley Ghost, so check out their latest album now. Thank you so much.